Welcome back to the Uniquely Wired podcast. I'm your host, Nani, and I am so excited that you're here today. If you are new to the podcast, on this podcast, we uncover the beauty and uniqueness of autism. So today we have a very special guest. Um, my girl, Kayla Castro, she is reporting live from Orlando, Florida. Orlando, Florida. I'm so jealous. Okay. Um, cause it is cold over here. Like it's already cold. I wish it was cold here. It is hot and humid here. So humid. It's more Even at this time? Yes. So like it's a little bit different from other years, but it's so humid here. It literally feels like it's like July. Oh, that's it's the worst. How about around December though? Um, it depends. Last okay. Christmas it wasn't hot, it was pretty chilly, but um the the year before we went to the beach on Christmas. Wow. So it just depends. So that's hot. Yeah. True, true. It really just depends. Um, well, today, you know, on this episode, of course, um, it's a special one and we're going to focus on autism and traveling. Um, of course, Kayla is an autism mom herself and she's going to introduce herself shortly and tell us a little bit of who she is and why she started, you know, what she does. So let's just start with who is Kayla? So... Obviously, my name is Kayla, (laughs) and I live in Orlando, Florida with my husband, Chris, who is a veteran, and our two boys, Tristan and Ethan. Tristan is 13. He is my son with autism, and then my nine-year-old, Ethan, is neurotypical. Um, And yeah, we moved here from Southern California for my husband's dream job. So we've been living here for like almost four years now. And uh, besides doing travel for all of my families and my clients, um, I'm actually a one-on-one paraprofessional as well at an elementary school. I work with a little girl with Down syndrome, and um, she is pretty much nonverbal. So I've been able to learn about the AAC device and use that daily with her, um, which has been super beneficial for me to learn because Tristan didn't need an AAC device. Um, or I shouldn't say that he didn't need one because he did need one. But when he was younger, those were not available to us. Um, you know, he was diagnosed with autism a long time ago and he's been, you know, he's 13. So way back when, 10 years ago, it wasn't a thing. So, um, but yeah, I'm an autism mom and, uh, I help families travel with special needs and, Yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, and I love that because, I mean, who else, you know, can talk about traveling with special needs, you know, or autistic children than someone who is in that journey? And you're also working with a girl who has Down syndrome, so you can also speak on that. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. And I love that. I love your transparency. I love how real you are. And by the way, I got to meet Kayla, just a little backstory real quick. I got to meet Kayla 
this summer in August um, at the Moments of Joy Fest, which if you're not familiar with it, it is an event where um, Camille Joy um, celebrates special needs families, not just autism families, but special needs in general. So it was such an honor to have Kayla and have her obviously stay in my room because <laughs> we you know what we supported each other emotionally mentally like we were really there for each other we had very vulnerable moments she right. had to see me during a very vulnerable moment <laughs> so I'm just grateful that she wasn't judging you know we just we had a beautiful time you know I remember yeah. you were emotional about your son starting his social skills class if I'm not mistaken um yeah. And, I and she was so that. sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's beautiful that we got to share those moments. Yeah. I think the best thing is that um, you and I had kind of like established a relationship before we had even gotten to Colorado. And so then when we finally got to meet in person, I remember we like ran up to each other and, you know, hugged each other so tight because it was like, you're finally meeting somebody that like you love already and you um understand each other's language. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a foreign language that we speak, the special needs parents um language and so it's nice to just meet somebody who completely gets you. Like you understood exactly why I was so upset that I was missing Tristan's social skills class and I understood why you were so upset, you know, when you had your obstacle too. (laughs) And um, we just come from, you know, like we just get each other. And that is the best thing that this community has ever brought me was other parents that just get me and I get them. Yeah, it's it's such a beautiful thing. And I love it. So I'm so excited to dive into um, this topic of autism and traveling, especially for those parents, you know, for myself, I don't really travel, but eventually, I should say, I will want to. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm taking tips myself, but also those parents that are listening, um, that do travel a lot and really don't have any tips. And they're struggling and they're having challenges. This is a great episode for you. But again, also for those that are planning to start traveling or have never traveled because you have fears. Um, This is a great episode for you as well. So I'm going to start off with a question. Um, Can you share your experience with traveling as an autism mom? And, you know, what motivated you to become a traveling agent? Because I know that's that's what you do aside from being a, a, a one-on-one. Right. So, you know, Chris and I, so my husband is, is a Marine. Um, he's not active duty anymore, but you know, we had to travel a lot when he was active duty, going back and forth to Virginia, going back and forth to North Carolina, um, from California, And at that point, Tristan had not been diagnosed yet, but I knew that there was an obstacle. And so I was, you know, scared to go on airplanes with him and scared to fly that far with him, especially by myself, because when we were traveling, it was just me and Tristan and we were traveling to go see 
my husband because we didn't exactly move with him yet. I stayed with family so I could have help. Um, because even though Tristan wasn't diagnosed, I knew. And, um, you know, that, that was, that was hard traveling with him when he was so young. And even though, like I said, he wasn't diagnosed, I knew, I knew. And it it just kind of grew from there. You know, we, while I did that, I learned some stuff that worked for him and I learned some stuff that didn't. And then it just kind of grew as he got older. And then we, you know, started to go to Mexico and then we went to the Dominican Republic and then we started doing some domestic travel. And then we started going to like super large theme parks, you know, like Universal Studios and Walt Disney World and, you know, doing that thing. And then we started going on cruises and it was like, it just continued to evolve. The more and more we traveled with him, the more we learned, the more we learned what not to do because not everything was perfect. You know, just because you're going on vacation doesn't mean you're in this bubble where nothing can happen. And sometimes your resources or your accommodations don't work out the way that you you think they're going to work out. That's just, you know, plain and simple. Like you have this plan and it can totally go out the window, you know? And so, um, we learned a lot just taking the chance to travel with him. We wouldn't have learned those things if we didn't travel with him. Um, He wouldn't have learned things for himself if he hadn't traveled. I think he kind of, especially being older now, um, and even when he was younger, like seven, eight years old, he learned things about himself when we were traveling. Um, And now you know, I, I take those things that we've learned and give them to other special needs families. Does it work for everyone? It might not, but it might work too. You just, you don't know unless you try. And, um, I think that's the beauty of it is that I go through this too. And I've been there too. So I can, I can tell you what works and what doesn't work for us. Um, And when I became a travel agent, I'm going to be very honest, I didn't, when I very first became a travel agent, I didn't plan on doing special needs travel. It wasn't something that I had even thought about. I didn't even think that, you know, people would want to listen to me, I guess. You know, you kind of have this like imposter syndrome when you're doing this whole social media thing and you're like, oh, nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to listen to me. You know, I'm just one person. Um, but I started sharing about Tristan and our journey and, you know, people saw us in Tortola, British Virgin Islands, and then they saw us in the Grand Cayman Islands. And, you know, I was sharing those experiences and people were like, oh my gosh, your son is autistic. Like, how do you travel with him? And I was like, wow, there's, that's, you know, and it was more than just one message or two messages. It was, it was a lot of people who were coming to me asking me these questions. And I was like, you know what? I can totally help these families. I can show them, you know, what's worked for us and what hasn't and send them resources and accommodations to the places that they're, that they want to travel to. So they know what is available to them. And then it, it honestly just kind of trickled from there. And once Mm. it started trickling, it just kind of overflow (laughs) to Mm. helping special needs. families. So, wow. Now, if we, 
may go back. When mm-hmm. you mentioned you didn't even know, well, he didn't have a diagnosis just right. yet, but mm-hmm. you knew. So yeah. what were some of those signs and how old was Tristan around that time? If, if you don't mind sharing that. So Tristan was two and a half. He was two and a half. Um, hand flapping was a big thing. Um, stimming, like he would get on, he would go onto like the hardwood floor and he would specifically go put like sweatpants on and then he would come down to the hardwood floor and get on his knees and he would spin and spin Mm. and spin and spin and spin. And then he would just get up and walk away. Like he wasn't even dizzy, nothing, Mm. but he would just spin and spin and spin, hand flapping. Um, yeah. So lots of, um, repetitive behaviors oh 100 percent um it it Mm. was all of the characteristics that were being talked about 10 years ago like 10 Mm. years ago they were talking about hand flapping repetitive behavior um Mm -hmm. categorizing toys like in a row or in a line like Mm. there weren't that many um signs early signs yeah as they as people talk about now so Mm -hmm. back then 10 years ago 10 and a half years ago that's what was talked about and then of course his speech like he wasn't he wasn't verbal Mm. um he was nonverbal, and I could tell that he wanted to speak he would kind of do Mm. like this um like jarble he Mm. would um he would hit because he was, you know, trying to communicate and, and he couldn't, and he was super Mm. frustrated. And so, you know, um, but he would also hit when he was excited because Mm. he would just like, you know, he would just get so excited. He didn't know how to tell anybody that he was excited, you know? Right. Um, so those are like the Mm. main things that I saw that I knew, I, I just knew I I would tell everybody yeah. and everybody would say no he's just a boy he's just a late bloomer and give him some time and, and of I course like, no no I know <laughs> I know so you knew about <laughs> autism you knew what autism was at that time yes I did okay um, so that makes sense yes so I did because um I'm a type A person, so I like organization. I like learning about things to a T, um, which yeah. is probably why I'm tra- a travel agent. <laughs> I like doing all the research, <laughs> doing all the research <laughs> and everything. And so mm-hmm. originally when he started showing these signs, I thought it was ADHD or something, you mm. know? And so I started looking into that. And then when I was researching ADHD, I came across autism spectrum disorder. And then I remember reading like a paragraph from an article and I was like, this is it. This is it. And then just deep diving into all about autism, Mm. you know, and going to the doctors and the doctors at that time they would not diagnose a child with autism, at least in California at the time, until they were at least five, I believe it was. Wow. Um, I do remember hearing this. Yes. They weren't, yeah. they, they weren't doing that. Like they weren't even considering it. Mm. Um, and so I just felt so, I felt so, you know, wow. about it. And so then yeah. I just treated it. I treated it as if I knew. 
you know, mm. all right, fine. This is what yeah. he has and I'm just going to go on with it. And you went forward and you got the help and, yeah. you know, cause we know early intervention, um, I'm sure that still existed then at that time, right? Yes. Yeah. We, yeah, we did. We did. Okay. And, um, and I fought for it through his school because, you know, in public school in California at that time, we did have quite a few resources. Mm. And so I fought for those resources through the public school and, and he wow. got them even starting in wow. preschool, preschool mm. when he started, um, the speech therapy, occupational therapy, the yes. behavioral therapy. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I'm just amazed because I see him. He's such an amazing young man. Thank you. Like just see him. First of all, he's your twin. I think he looks just <laughs> like you. And, you know, he's so handsome and Thank so you. intelligent. I mean, he's just always, I could tell he's very literal about things. One hundred percent. I'm in it all the time. Every time you put them on your stories. So guys, please, you have to follow Kayla. I'll have her information in the description because I love when she share about her kids and the testing Tuesday and all the things. It's just so tasting, tasting Tuesday. Sorry. Yeah. Tasting Tuesday. Yes. I love it. But, um, all right. So my next question is traveling with autistic children or special needs children in general can be super challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, What are some common misconceptions or stereotypes you've encountered and how did you address them? And this could be from a special need family, from a client, or even yourself, you know, some misconceptions and stereotypes. So I think the biggest thing is that when clients come to me, they don't realize that there are resources and accommodations out there for them at specific places that they want to travel to. Mm-hmm. Um, so people think, oh, well, you know, that's that's only for like a neurotypical family. They're not going to be able to accommodate me or, you know... Um, a lot of people don't know that like beaches, all-inclusive resorts are certified autism centers. And so they think that all-inclusives are just for neurotypical families or that they can't visit them themselves. And um, they have no idea that these places are actually, their whole staff is actually trained to work with and help you take care of your special needs family. So I think the biggest misconception out there about travel is that there are no resources and no accommodations for you and that you're just going to have to figure it out on your own. Um, that I That's the biggest thing I can think of because People come to yeah. me all the time and they're like, we really want to go here, but we don't think it's going to work. And I'm like, okay, well, why don't you think it's going to work? Well, you know, what happens if, you know, um, he is very, you know, picky with his food and he only has a certain amount of seafoods. It's like, okay, well, this place, you know, whichever the place it is, you know, works with special needs families and they will make sure that they have, you know, your safe foods on hand or they will allow you to, you know, box up your food and and take it to go. You don't have to eat it in the restaurant or, you know, Mm. whatever the situation may be. um, The biggest misconception is that 
special needs families like us don't know about the resources and accommodations when they're traveling. Even as simple as going on an airplane, there are accommodations for that as well. And Mm -hmm. and people don't know that and and that is their biggest fear, you know? Mm. It is. I I I can attest to that, you know, Mm -hmm. because I think that's one of our biggest fears as well and still is. So you saying this brings so much peace. Mm -hmm. But I think also partnering with a travel agent like yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, who's also an autism mom, I feel like I can go to you and be like, look, Kayla, this is where we're looking to stay around the spring. You know, what is the best place? And I think it's just, again, finding that right person that has traveled, because if it ain't Kayla... I mean, who are you going to? Just saying. <laughs> um, I'm just saying, you know, especially those of you who are especially families that are mm-hmm. listening, my autism families, you know, check Kayla out. If you are wanting to really go see family in Florida, I don't know, California, since she is familiar with California, anywhere, you know, she'll do the research for you mm-hmm. and you don't have to worry about a thing. Right. You know, I mean, you know, as an autism mom yourself, we're always going to have all these extra questions. Yes. And all yes. these concerns and uncertainties yes. that are going to pop up. Mm-hmm. But we cannot allow those things to stop us from traveling and our children exploring the world. Right. Right. I think right? the biggest I think the biggest thing is that, you know, we we in the autism community, we talk so much about wanting inclusion, you know, throughout the entire world. We want inclusion. But in order to allow the world to see our children, we need to expose them, you know, and that's where the inclusion comes from. Expose your child to the world, expose the world to your child, because that is how we're going to fight for inclusion. If we're, you know, you know, not doing that, then, then how would these companies or businesses know, you know, that they need to make their, they need to make their Mm -hmm. establishments more Mm -hmm. accommodating for guests like us to feel comfortable and confident to travel to them. And I, exactly that's Mm -hmm. a huge thing. And I think, you know, you, you mentioning this, obviously, you know, your stuff, you've done your research, you've had plenty of clients, So she's not just saying this to say it and make you feel good. She's saying this because she knows it's a fact and it's true. So I, I thank you for that, you know, for sharing that. Um, Cause that brings me a lot of peace. I know I definitely want to go see my dad who lives in Florida, you know, Mm -hmm. not far from Orlando. Um, And, you know, we're kind of like, okay, do I go on my own? But I also want him to meet his grandchildren, his only grandkids. So it's like, you know, do we wait until the springtime, until they're on spring break in April to take that trip that week? You know, so I'm definitely going to be reaching out to you just to see what we can do and, right. you know, prices and all the things. But yeah, that will be a conversation. <laughs> okay. Um, next question. We have two more questions. Um, what are the key considerations that autism families should keep in mind? When planning a trip, like what are those key things? So the key things are location and flying. Those are the two things that I, that come to mind for, for me is what location do you want to go to? And depending on that location, are you willing to fly or do you want to drive? This is for special needs families that are just now starting to consider to travel. 
I don't think that if you are nervous about traveling, that you should just pick up and go to Europe, you know, with your child. Start small. Start maybe in your own state. Do domestic travel. Stay close by. Try a road trip where it's a couple of hours away first. Stay a few nights at maybe, you know, the Great Wolf Lodge or, you know, some fun resort and try that first and see how it goes. And then move on to if you want to fly to another state. Um, Another thing to think about is cruising. You know, I 100% think that cruising is so much fun and the way to go for autism families, especially because every... Elaborate. So with cruising... You are, you, you feel you're on vacation and you go to these different places, but your room is right there. So if they need to, you know, regulate and just, you know, calm and have some time to themselves, or maybe they're having a meltdown, you don't have to, you know, take an Uber all the way back to your resort or take, you know, some kind of transportation back to your resort, or maybe you were exploring a city somewhere and you got to walk is good. all the way. What? Yeah, this is good stuff. Yeah, what you're no. saying right there. So like if you're on a cruise and you need some time, your stateroom is right there. Mm-hmm. The comforting mm-hmm. place is so close. Mm-hmm. There's water. We know that, you know, autism um Kids with autism, you know, most of the time, sensory, they love being in the water. There's pools, there's water slides, there's splash pads, you know, and then everything on the ship is very structured. You have Mm. a breakfast time, you have a lunch time, you have a dinner time, there are activities in between. And mm. every single day you have a schedule that you don't have to follow to to a T if you don't want to. That's the blessing okay. of it. But it's very structured. And you know what you're going to do. You have it planned out for you right then and there. So it's just nice because you don't have to worry about all of this planning You don't have to worry about figuring out what to do at the last minute. You're super close by to your room if you need to go take a breather, you know, or maybe take a nap or whatever it is that you you need to do. But then also those cruises take you to new places. So then you can experience more than just one place. And if it doesn't work out at one place, that's okay because you're only there from like 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. You didn't spend all this money to go to that one place for like a week, you know, and now you're dreading about being there for six more days because your child didn't like it. You're on a cruise, you go there for the day, you get back on the cruise, and then you go somewhere new the next day. So 100%, I just... For my family and for a lot of my clients, cruising has been the way to go. It really has. Wow. I feel like I went on a whole other tangent than what you just asked. But no. people need to know that. <laughs> no, I think that is perfect because guess what? I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know that. I just I thought actually cruising would have been more stressful. 
Yeah, no. Because there's so many people and you're like on the boat and yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I've never been cruising. So anyways, I'm just, I guess, overthinking. But that's that's crazy. Now, financially, because we know that this is a question possibly Mm -hmm. parents are asking right now (laughs) as they're listening. Um, Is it more affordable than flying and staying somewhere or do you think it's about the same? It depends on where you're going. Okay. So, and it also depends on like the cruise line that you want to go with. Royal Caribbean and Disney Cruise Line are absolutely amazing. Those are the two cruise lines that I personally love to book. I have booked Carnival in the past. Um, and I know that people look at Carnival sometimes because it's more budget friendly. But I'm just going to be very transparent and honest. I don't love Carnival. Um, And my clients that have booked Carnival have booked it because it was more affordable. And then they got off and they were like, we didn't. We, we didn't like it. No Carnival for us. We oh. rather pay the extra money to get better customer service and better ships and amenities and all of the things. So I no longer book Carnival because of that. It's not serving my clients. So then I just won't go through with it anymore. Royal Caribbean and Disney Cruise Line are absolutely amazing. Of course, Disney Cruise Line is more expensive but in this sense it it it's you get what you pay for you know what I mean right Um, right and with Disney Cruise Line as well you know it's kind of like an all-inclusive everything is completely included all of your food all of your drinks everything whereas with Royal Caribbean you actually have to pay extra to get like certain drink packages so mm. it is so sometimes I can do a quote for Disney Cruise Line for a family and then do a quote for Royal Caribbean and Royal Caribbean is more expensive than Disney um, in mm. some instances. And then when okay. it comes to like flying and staying in a hotel somewhere, it genuinely just depends on where you're trying to go. Um, you know, if you're trying to fly further away and go to a hotel, it could definitely be more expensive than a cruise or or it could not. It genuinely just depends on where you want to go and then what activities you want to do while you're there. Yeah, like I know for <laughs> us, I definitely want to try um, SeaWorld. I don't okay. know that I'll do Disney, um, mm-hmm. just knowing my children anyways, not that it's anything wrong with Disney, but yeah, <laughs> some people get really defensive about Disney and I'm like, I mean, I don't have anything <laughs> against it. I just, you know, I went as a child My pa- when my parents were married, you know, we were living in Florida and my mom used to do housekeeping in in Florida I mean yeah in Disney and one of my aunts still works there um Mm -hmm. so I trust me I don't have nothing against it (laughs) I just my children literally watch I mean that I could think of the top of my head they don't really watch anything Disney so I feel like it will be a waste for me right you know what I'm saying because yeah I mean you know you don't want to take your kids somewhere that first of all they know nothing about yeah second of all I mean, are they really going to be excited? If anything, they're going to be overwhelmed. You right. know? And again, this is my case. I know some mm-hmm. parents or kids love Disney. Right. Granted, I used to love Disney Channel <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> and I wish I had the advantage to go more often. But um, I think SeaWorld is beautiful. And I mm-hmm. feel like, Eliana, like you were saying, you know, some kids who are autistic love water. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I took them to Dutch Wonderland this summer. I don't know if you saw my stories, but. Yes, I did. She literally, I was so shocked. 
they had a section that reminded me just like SeaWorld. The only thing mm. is humans jumping versus dolphins. She, we're grabbing Rita's and she grabs my hand, Kayla. Literally, I can't even make this up. She wanted to go in there to see Aww. the performance. Oh my God. I was like, I looked at my husband and I was like, babe, she wants to go to watch the show. Yeah. Never in a million years that I think Eliana, especially at her age, being seven, that she right. wanted to go watch a show. Right. Like what? <laughs> She knew Sometimes what she we wanted. underestimate our children. Yes. yes. She so knew girl, what she, she wanted. So, girl, she sat there. They splashed her with water when they jumped. And she, she jumped like this, but then she got so excited and flapped her hands. Like, she loved it. Aww. And that, to me, was like, okay, well, if she loves this, I'm sure she's going to love, you know, SeaWorld. Seeing yeah. the dolphins jumping. She's not going to care if they splash her. So, I don't know. I definitely, I have to speak with you because I would like to see what, what type of accommodations, you know, we can do for sure. Yeah. And SeaWorld, um, there's a, SeaWorld is a certified autism center with the IBCCS yes. as well. And then they yes. have their, um, their Sesame Street land area and there's a quiet yeah. room over there. And yeah, we've yeah. been there many times. We actually go every summer um, because oh. it's one of Tristan's favorite parks. Really? Yes. And so um, it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a good time. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. All right, friend. I know you have to go very soon. So my last question would be, you know, what advice um, can you give those families um, that have been wanting to travel but are afraid of doing so? I think the biggest advice is to start doing your research, figure out where you would like to go, reach out and see what kind of resources and accommodations are available for those places. And like I said before, you will not know unless you try. And I'm not saying that if you are terrified of doing that right now to just go out and do it. That's that's not what I'm saying. I don't ever want anyone to feel that way. What I'm saying is, is if you have a dream of going somewhere, start talking to your kiddos about it, you know, because they understand more than we give them credit and show them videos of places that you want to go to and see their reactions and see if they get excited or, you know, if they're just not having it. And then look into those places and see what kind of resources and accommodations they have for you and your family so you can feel a little bit more at peace while, you know, thinking of actually traveling to these places. Um, like I said before, we want to, you know, expose our children to the world, but expose our the world to our children. And you know, I read this quote that I, I talk about it all the time on social media because it really did have an effect on our traveling with Tristan. And that's a ship is safe in a harbor, but that's not what ships were built for. And that gets to me every time because it's so true. Um, but yeah, once you get to a point to where you're like, I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm willing to try. That's that's a good starting point. And like I said, it doesn't, you know, just because, you know, you want to start traveling with your special needs kiddo doesn't mean that you need to take off to Europe for a week, you know, start small and then work your way up. Because with Tristan, it was flying domestically and going to little places here and there. 
And it wasn't, you know, until we felt like he was comfortable that we, you know, started taking him to the Grand Cayman Islands or, you know, Tortola, British Virgin Islands. Like Mm -hmm. then it, then it just got a little bit um, better, but you have Mm -hmm. to start small, start small, feel confident, feel at peace, and Mm -hmm. then you'll get there. Like it'll come. Yeah. And I love that you said that, you know, trying those local places um within your area like we did dutch wonderland that first night it was hard for jacob because with jacob it's his slipping excuse me sleeping um challenges you know with him it was more like okay i'm looking for my own space because my kids are so used to just sleeping in their own rooms that we were just in one room together and we noticed that that was a challenge and we couldn't do another night you know and I think that's another thing that kind of like stops us and we become so hesitant because we're like literally I had the swing chair for him everything that I know would soothe him and it took him a while we literally had to drive around the hotel so they both fell asleep um, cause obviously Eliana too, you know, she sleeps on her own. She does a little better than he does, but you know, we're like, you know, hopefully if we try again, we got to figure something out when it comes to like him falling asleep, maybe tired him out the entire day until he's like, I'm ready to be out, <laughs> you know? So it's just, it, it, it's some concerns, but I love that you said that, you know, how will you know if you don't try? So trying locally. Yeah. And I've had clients, you know, um, like you guys where, you know, your child sleeps on their own and they're used to that. And so we might look into like a hotel, not, not a big crazy deluxe hotel, but we might look into a hotel that has like a two bedroom, you know, option or a three bedroom option, you know, so they can have their own room and, you know, have their own space. Of course, it's in a different environment. So Mm -hmm. that's always nerve wracking too. But, you know, just doing that, you know, will help. And it could help, you know, it just it just depends. Yeah. And what Kayla is saying for those listening, um, it's possible. (laughs) In other words, anything you get out of this, you're wanting to travel this holiday to see family, you know, and you're really afraid and you rather want them to travel because that's me. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> just know that it is possible. So plan that next family trip. Go for yeah. it. Don't yeah. Don't be afraid. Don't be Do it afraid. afraid. Yeah. Do it afraid. <laughs> Don't be afraid because, you know, I mean, but that's easier said than done. Every time I still travel with Tristan, even being, you know, the travel agent and, having the resources and accommodations, sometimes, you know, things just happen and then you have to go with the flow. And that's another thing that you have to take into consideration when you're planning a vacation, even if it's down the street, you're going to stay the night one night, have realistic expectations. Just because you are going on vacation does not mean that your child is not going to have a hard time. Have this is so good. Girl, you, you keep going deeper and deeper. And I'm like, <laughs> no, you have to go. Wait, that is we'll so have, good. We'll have a part two. Part two coming. I, I think we need to have a part two. Honestly, I think because we need to have a part I, two. 
just so we can dig a little bit deeper. And you know what? If questions come, I can always ask the listeners if they have any questions for you. I think we can do a QA and a part two. Yeah, I think. This is a very important topic, you know, Mm -hmm. especially now during the holidays, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas coming, you know, the new year. I, I think this is this is awesome. So yes, the yeah. best the best, you know, thank yous that I get from client is or from clients is thank you for helping us do something we never thought we could ever do. That is the oh. best compliment ever. Because, mm. you know, we do we we go out and we think we're never going to be able to do that. Especially yes. right now on social media, seeing all these people and all like traveling on social media right now is like is, is a huge thing. You see all these people go out and they're traveling and they're in the Grand Canyon and they're here and they're there and they're whatever. And most of the time when you see those videos, they're neurotypical families. And so my job is to show you that we are going to those places too. So it's possible, you know, think, think happy words, autism community, happy word is yet because it can happen. It can happen. You just have to, you know, you just got to try. Yeah. Have faith and trust. Like you, you got this, Mm -hmm. you guys are going to be able to get through it. Well, Kayla, I'm so sad to let you go, but you know, you're my girl. (laughs) I love you. Part two. Love coming. you more. Yes, two it has coming. to. It has to. If yes, anyone it if, has to. If anyone's listening right now and you have questions, leave them so we can yes. answer them in our part two. Yes, especially if you're watching on YouTube, please um drop them in the comments. And if you're listening on other platforms, just reach out to me via email mm-hmm. or um DM. So yeah. thank you so much for being thank here. You. For taking out of your time and for your yes. I am so happy for you and all the things you're doing and you know what God has in store for you this coming thank year. You. So I'm so excited. Thank you. All right, y'all. Thank you for tuning in and listening. I'll see you guys again on the next episode.